there is no way to subjectively go on a quiz and say, all right, this cigar is that for me tastes like vanilla is going to be appropriate for you. Is this but a, that, like that, a quiz to figure out what the flavor profile of the cigars you were going to receive would be or what? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then yeah. the curation was going to be developed in, in, in that process. So we said, all right, okay, I respect that. If they're converting people that way, that's awesome. Um, but that's not the way it's going to work. for coming on the podcast we spoke a little while back about my scar pack and what you're doing over there but for those of our audience that have not heard about what you do who you are what your story is let's start from the beginning so you are from the dominican i'll start there and i'm gonna let you take it and talk through your story all right do you uh, uh elevator pitch right yes um i mean you take I, as long as you want we have no time limit yeah i mean i did I don't really like to, to go into that much because it's, it's, it's a boring story. Um, raised in the Dominican Republic, uh, uh, my a, a grandparent graded to the DDR. That's why I am white, uh, light-eyed, and, and hair-colored. And uh, uh, I just everybody, buddy, this this last weekend, just visiting some shops in New York, I was I walk, walked into a bunch of Dominicans, and they're all like, who's this gringo? What's up in Spanish? And they're like, what? Uh, so that's kind of, kind of like the story of life. Grew up in the DR, um, you know, fell in love with cigars when I was a teenager and started whereas, um, when I was 19 years old and, you know, worked with factories and associations and started my, my own gigs and um, my cigar pack and cigar yard were born uh, three years ago, late 2019. It's uh, it's been one ride. I wake up every day because I'm doing doing what I've been uh, just connecting with people like you and just a, you know a ton of, of other individuals that uh, you know this this platform has enabled me to connect with. And, and mm-hmm. our pack is a uh, subscription premium specialized cigar subscription um, for those that don't know, which I assume is most of you. And uh, so our yard is its sister company, which is online re- specialty, online retail. Um, and uh, yeah, we got a lot of other projects coming up, uh, new things. This 2020, we're going to launch uh, three other sub-brands um, that are going to be linked uh, under the same umbrella, but with different um you know, you know, diesel ice, even though they're associated with different concepts, concepts of premium cigars and, um, yeah, cigars every day, 24 seven, man. It's not a bad thing. I don't, I don't think hasn't been for me yet. So my cigar pack is a monthly subscription and then cigar yard is an online retailer. That's how I'm understanding the breakdown of the different sides. Yeah. They're both, uh, sister companies. So they both um, complement each other and platform and uh, content. I mean, Cigar Yard doesn't even have social media presence. It's just piggybacks on on my cigar pack. Uh, um, sure. But yeah, we, we we started two separate concepts because we wanted um, we wanted to grow them differently, separately, and and in, in, in their own way. I think there's an interesting uh, you know cross operational. Um, you know, system within those two. But mm-hmm. if you do them separately, I think you can um, focus on 
each respective's attributes and, and you know and processes and i think that that played out well because you know we really focused on on growing um my cigar pack and now we're uh just pushing uh you know to grow cigar yard and it's been fun yeah so, them. so you grew up in dominican naturally you're around cigars because it's the, the dominican and that's it's it's everywhere yeah. there where was the point or why well i guess where and why um did you decide to get into that vocationally was that something you grew up wanting to do or was did someone introduce you to the business or how did that start so i smoked my first cigar when i was a teenager just um it, it was something that i was drawn to um mm -hmm. my dad used to smoke in his uh studio library slash office and you know he he did it as a Kind of as a tribute to his late father uh he smoked cigars smoked uh pipe tobacco um you know good friends with with carlo fuente and uh, carlito fuente and one day you know they, they met up and he brought back a box of um 858 florfina 2006 i'll never forget and i remember him taking a few cigars out and putting in, in this super cool uh book uh humidor it was like three books stacked on top of each other and just oh, open cool. crack open it was like super yeah uh super cool and i remember watching him put the cigars in there go out whatever he had a meeting he left and i i literally just walk in there i grab one of the cigars i cut it, and i light it um i'm just chilling i just got lost in time and he, he came back and he caught me he's like gonna finish that cigar kid um did so you know, he was like hoping, it or did you... th that that's what he was hoping actually there's there's a funny story because one of my brother like my younger brother you know always grew up younger brothers always grow up admiring their older brother wanted to do the same thing so you know he he wanted to get into cigars for a while and my dad's like okay perfect so he he actually got the strongest possible cigars that he could find and he he told my little brother hey you want to smoke yeah i think he was like 17 at the time 17 uh. 18 whatever like, oh, you want to smoke cigars? Okay, cool. Um, so him and two of his buddies wanted to do it. Um, they went home. My dad gave him the strongest cigars you could possibly think of. And they all threw up and said, you know, never again. That's up until funny. this day, they cannot smell cigars. Like my brother will not, he will feel dizzy as soon as he sits in my car because I smoke my car. He's like, oh. So you have a cigar company and he can't stand it? Uh, he can't, he's a doctor actually. So it's, it's that's funny. Kind of ironic. Um, yeah, man. So I became in love with it when I was, a, you know, I was, I was young and, um, uh, I had different career aspirations and, you know, grow, graduating high school. And then, you know, I, I, in the back of my head, I knew I always wanted to do something with cigars, you know, mm -hmm. tr traditionally all you think is like, you know, when you're unexposed to, to such a mass market, your factory, factory, factory standpoint, you know, yep. um, growing, especially growing up in the DR. So I just didn't really feel like I could pursue it at the time. And then I, you know, I was going to go study abroad in the States and I ended up staying in the DR, started um, uh, law school in the DR, decided to go to law school instead of follow, following my, my father's um, steps. He's, uh, he's an architect and, you know, I worked with him for a little bit, um, right before I graduated high school. So it was like, it was kind of tough cause I loved it, but I couldn't get along with him in, in the sure. workplace Two two very strong characters. I mean, I love him. He's, he's my mentor, but so 
yeah, one day I'm, I, I come back from school and I, and I tell them, Hey dude, I am not happy and I want to do something that makes me happy. And I'll, I'll graduate. I'll finish, but I'm pretty sure I'll never be a lawyer. Um, and I want to work scars. He's like, okay, talk about Were it. they like, pretty invested in you going to law school? No, not at all. Or was that, all. was that um, all your, your, it was your all me. Um, it? Yeah. Besides like growing up, besides being drawn to architecture because of my, my, I mean, they both, my, my mom's an interior designer and they both have a company together. And besides being drawn to that, I always liked political science for mm -hmm. some reason, which it's, it's crazy because nowadays I can't really have a, a deep conversation about politics or about polit political science in general, but well, we'll I was going to, sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to, uh, study in States and I was kind of working towards that to study political science. And then when I decided to stay, there was a lot of factors involved. And, you know, I think the, the most natural thing to do, um, being kind of like business driven was, was study something a little bit more complex. I knew mm -hmm. deep down inside, I never wanted to be a lawyer, but when I started law school, I had a, a, this approach that I wanted to understand how, you know, how to develop my critical analysis, how to, yep. and I think it's fantastic. I mean, I think every business oriented major out there should have, you know, a couple semesters with like deep legal structure just to develop that critical analysis, how to understand how to operate, um, you know, within uh, legal frameworks and stuff like that. Um, right. So yeah, I kind of, um, I knew, but I don't know what that would, you know, what the path was going to look like. And then I told them and he's like, man, I need you to get me like, a job in a factory and i knew i mean i knew a lot of these kids uh a lot of these you know guillermo's daughter from la Rora went to school with me daniel nunez um from general cigar's daughter went to school with me like same grade class kellner um hanky's son was a grade above me and he hooked it up when i was like 15 my first tour that you know don eladio gave me personally um you know all super interconnected and mm -hmm. You know, at the time he was building Hochi Blanco's new uh, new house at the time, and you know, I, Hochi was a close friend of my mom's. They they went to school together, and um, you know, we hung From out growing up. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, his kids, my friends, uh, a, little, a couple of years younger, but you know, still nonetheless, uh, his older son is really tight with my brother, my little brother. So. You know, he's building Hoji's house and one day he's like, yo, come with me. So we, we go to Hoji's house, supervising the, um, you know, uh, work and, and I see Hoji. I'm like, hey, what's up? And my dad tells him, hey, he wants to go work at a factory. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not, he's he's in he's in school right now, but he's going to, he wants to go see your factory. So he's like, yeah, of course, come here. Um, next day I go and I, I came back home with a job. So that's it. It's That's awesome. kind of crazy. Yeah, kind of crazy. I, things. I didn't have the the chance to meet Hochi, but we sat down with Jose Blanc or Jose Manuel um, at PCA. And that I mean, that yeah. company and that, that family's got it. They've got that that system figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love so my, my boy. Um, Great kid. Yeah. So, so you, you work kind of the factory. What did what did you start doing there or what did they have you doing? a little bit of everything. It was crazy because at the time, um, Hoji had, um, his nephew Vinny and that was pretty much the only person besides Hoji in 
overall management and mm-hmm. it's it's a big operation i mean if you go to a free trade zone park it's not just the factory it was you know and just mind you when i got there there's 2012 2012-ish late 2012 that's right before they got the number two cigar of the year with the Adrian Room F55, the Churchill box press. Yeah. And that was a year that uh, the number one was a Cuban. So essentially in the States, number one cigar was... Off limits. Um, yeah, it, it crazy. So that it, it essentially became the number one. So I saw that transition from a factory that was, you know, to not too long before I got there, just you know, manufacturing uh, and contract manufacturing oriented and as it had been in the last Mm -hmm. 20 years, you know, um, you know, I worked hand in hand with Thompson, with Famous, with JR, with all the catalogs and stuff like that. But it it really transcended when Hoji bought into Aging Room and became a partner the year before they got that ranking. And then the factory kind of exploded in that sense because it was really focusing on their, you know, their, their premium, uh, manufacturing, the premium cigar, manu- ultra premium cigar manufacturer, let's call it that, uh, which is one of the largest independent tobacco growers in the Dominican Republic. So, um, you can imagine, um, uh, the free trade zone park. I mean, you, there, there's 10 different factories in there. Henderson's factory that just, uh, you know, uh, burned a yeah. couple, couple of weeks ago is in there. PDR is in there. Uh, there's a few other factories, um, uh, Cuban stock point is it's, it's a fairly big operation. And I just started mm-hmm. doing anything that I could get my hands on. I mean, it was like a general, I was Vinny's assistant essentially, but it was, it was it, the, my the assistant, to the and, re- assistant to the regional manager. That, that is correct. Assistant <laughs> to the regional manager. That's uh, a great reference. Uh, office is my favorite show. Um, but, um, yeah, I, it, the job just grew and, and it was crazy because there were a lot of things that needed to be done in the operation. So we reached mm-hmm. like, we essentially revamped operations, uh, within the first year, you know, expanded, um, built two new aging rooms, uh, enabled, uh, one of the warehouses, uh, down in the, in the first part of the free trade zone as a, as a tobacco storage, um, location, which would build with, uh, just a ton of tobaccos and we built a new warehouse right across the main warehouse. It was a lot of work. And then it became, uh, more commercial bits by bits. And then I started right. getting, you know, in touch with, uh, with the catalog companies. I would handle the meetings with, with the, the brand development and we would do like catalog products. And then, you know, we would work with other smaller clients, but more geared towards like the premium market, the ultra premium market. It was it was an awesome experience that gave me a taste of a little bit of everything, which was amazing. So when did you shift to knowing you wanted to work in cigars to saying like I want to start something on my own? I've always wanted uh, to do something on my own. I, I started a small company when I was in my teens, and it was an event company. And then um, in 2012, I do remember. Uh, doing a, being in a small, uh, associate degree program in upstate New York. And I remember doing my final project on subscriptions. And I said, this like 10 years from now, everything is going to be a subscription. Yeah. It, it is, it was that prophecy really fulfilled. No, but close enough. I think close. there's like 90% of everything that you do is, is, 
um, as a subscription base, um, directly or indirectly. So yeah, I've always had that, uh, entrepreneurial drive in the sense of, I grew up, you know, uh, watching my parents be their own bosses and building their own stuff, um, together, which is crazy. I don't know how they do it. Cause I would kill my significant other if I would build yeah, that's a, something. That's a special thing when that actually works. <laughs> It's yeah, I tell my rare. dad that's that's the thing I, I most you know I admire the most about you, uh, which is funny. But um, yeah, I've all, I always knew I wanted to do something. It was just a matter of when. You know, it was my mid twenties when I said screw this. You know, um, I love what I've been. Do- I'm thankful for the opportunity. Then I'm after Hochi, I moved on to Pro Cigar for two years, which I had a really. Um, interesting role it was amazing because it was super dynamic i would i would work with the factories at the same time you know i had to wear the suit and and, and kind of uh, use my 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 legal degree and go to meetings with politics and trying to uh you know we, we really streamlined the lawsuit against uh, an appeal with with uh, different countries that were implementing uh standardized packaging in the wto who uh, it, it was crazy because it was super mm-hmm. dynamic in that sense that it just included everything. And, but I just wanted to do my own thing and it was time. I said, guys, thanks for the opportunity, but, uh, All right. uh I'm going to go do this. Go off, go off on your own. So yeah. you went from pro cigar to starting your own. What did you have? Did the vision you had for, what you wanted to do is that what you ended up doing or is where it's at now very different from what you had in mind because that's i I was doing a podcast with someone yesterday and and we were having the conversation of you're even with this magazine like we have this vision in our head and this spark that starts and we're like here's what we want this thing to be and then when it comes to actually doing it not saying that you get derailed or your your plans change but you start understanding what is this actually going to take and then the project develops and pivots and and over time you end up with hopefully something similar to what you had in mind at the beginning but did you do you feel like what you've created is uh is what your dream was from the from the beginning i I think quite frankly if anybody will answer that question and say that yes they 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 kind of understood the process, what it was going to be kind of envisioned everything and had the final outcome as they envisioned it is because they've done it before. I think that's the only way you can actually, you know, uh, and and effectively say that if, if you haven't done it before, there's just so, so many turns, um, you know, things change. It's like when you grow your hair out, right. You've been growing your hair out for, for months and then you see it's long and you're like, when did it grow so long? Like you're, you're accustomed to seeing it. And then you see a picture of you three months ago. You're like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Cause my, my hair was, I'm pretty much, I'm almost bald. And now my, I have a full set of hair. Cause when you see things every day, you don't see the changes. You don't mm-hmm. no, really notice the changes until everything is done. Right. So I think that's kind of been, it's a weird analogy, but it's, it's kind of how, you know, we've started and we are where I kind of envisioned we would be, but that's in a macro perspective. There's a lot of sure. things that have changed. Um, you know, I, I came, I came on board and, and, you know, and, and met with my business partner and I told him, this is, you know, this is what we need. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to get there. And we took a different direction, started. So that kind of changes any, any 
initial, you know, projections and things that we were going to do. I mean, I thought I was going to be living the dream, uh, by the beach and just flying every two weeks. Like I was doing the first year because, you know, back right. home beaches 30 minutes away from home. And, and, you know, I like surfing and, you know, I would go surf five in the morning and I would just work from, you know, eight in the morning till I, my body can take anymore. I would just pass out, yep. go to sleep and then do it all over again. Uh, but you know, business requiring my physical presence 24 seven. Um, so I moved to Miami a couple of years ago, um, a, a year into the business. So, um, a lot of things change and you have to be able to adapt. And, and I think, you know, if we're still here, I think there's a stat about how like 75 to 80% of the businesses are like, don't um, survive the third year after the third year. So I think we're, we're close. We have a couple more, a couple of months. Just I was going to say you're right in. about three years, right? We are actually, we, um, we turned three in September. Okay. Um, yeah. So well, we made it across the past. line. We made it across the line. Uh, yeah. As long as we're good uh, in the next six months, which I envision we will be, I think, I think we're, uh, we're on the other side of the finish line. Although, you're never really it never finished per se. It never ends. So your your model is, um, well, you, I'll let you explain that the the model of how the subscription works because I think there's so I mean there's so many people doing a subscription model of everything. Yeah. And then there's several in the, in the cigar world and they're they all sort of function differently or have a different yeah. target demographic or some are out there to figure out how do we get the best deals for customers. The last time we had talked, you talked about wanting to make sure you continue to respect the companies you work with. Um, yeah. And then that, that passion for the industry and respect for the brands is what motivates, I mean, how you operate your business, how you price it, all, all of that. So talk about kind of how this, how this business operates and, and what sets you guys apart. So I think that's a great question. And I think it's, it's, it's timely because we're, we've always said two things of, you know, that, that, that represent or, or, or kind of set us apart. Or somebody asked me what, what's so special about my cigar pack or, you know, say, just say a couple words and I'll say, mm -hmm. I always say the same thing, value and dynamism by value. We mean, you know, everybody has to win the consumer, the brands ourselves. Uh, there has to be education. There has to be uh, a special process within the curation. There has to be, um, you know, a, a straightforward process with working with brands that see the value in working with you um, to not, not to be redundant, but again, it, it's around the value. I mean, if you're subscribing mm -hmm. to a product, I need to be giving you a deal, even if it's indirect, you know, if you're paying yeah. $35, $40 for the pack, you need to be getting more value out of it. Um, there's different ways of receiving value. Of course, there's scarcity, there's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's price, there's, there's a lot of factors, but there has to be a value. And I think we've always respected that in different fronts with the brands, with the consumers, um, with, with, with the education, with our members, with through everything throughout the process. And then that takes us to dynamism. I've always said we are the most dynamic because we started having in 2019, when we set up, um, there was one company, which is good friends of ours had a quiz. And I said, okay, that's 
interesting, but I've been long enough in this industry, even though, even though I'm, I'm super young, I've been doing this for pretty much most of my adult life that I can tell you there is no way to subjectively go on a quiz and say, all right, this cigar is that for me tastes like vanilla is going to be appropriate for you. Is this but a that, that, like a quiz to figure out what the flavor profile of the cigars you were going to receive would be or what? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then yeah. the curation was going to be developed in, in, in that process. So we said, all right, okay. I respect that. If they're converting people that way, that's awesome. Um, but that's not the way it's going to work. You know, eventually people are going to realize that that may be, you know, tapping into a beginner consumer base that, you know, may be a little bit bigger than I believe it is. And then we had, you know, this other person that was focusing on like hyper limited, uh, mm -hmm. hard to find stuff. Um, right before we launched, we had uh, guys over at Luxury that did the, the super high end durations. Yeah. And then there's others, but those were a couple of the main ones that I signed said, how do we do this? that we combine all these elements and just offer a curation based on trust and yep. provide the value and dynamism. So we said, okay, let's set up two selections. Or actually, we, we, we started with three selections, um, the mild pack, the medium pack, and the full pack, which essentially which is dividing peaking. by strength. It's peaking out over here. Peaking. There's the mild <laughs> there pack. You go. The there you go. There you go. So, um, so when we started, we had the three options and, and we thought we were offering a solution, um, for every smoker out there for beginners, for people that wanted to smoke uh, milder stuff or aficionados or, or, you know, people wanted to smoke this, the, the full, the, the, the powerful cigars that, you know, mm -hmm. mock you on your ass. And we felt that that was a good start enough, um, you know, prior to the, the gaining, you know, data and insight before we saw how we were going to pivot and include more stuff. So, you know, um, we started growing and we started seeing, receiving, quantifying data, quantifying feedback, understanding how our growth was going to lead us to be become vertically integrated. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what do you want? You want to have every single option out there yep. for a consumer to, to relate to or, or have a possibility to buy. Right. So, you know, we, I go back to, 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 to the, the factory days where I was doing, you know, I would, I would get a call by, you know, Laura from CI that would tell me, Hey, we need this product. And this is, I need you guys to do the branding. We've got this name registered. we got to do the branding. It's going to be a bundled cigar. So I, I, and I, and I first, I, I understand you're missing out on an opportunity, um, you know, getting creme de la creme blends um, prized at, you know, five or six bucks. But then I understood when, you know, when the projects were being developed, that there was a huge market for that. People who didn't really care about the marketing, about the branding, they would want to obviously see a, a logo of some kind and have a bundle, just, you know, five, six cigars to mow your lawn or whatever. And then factory direct was born, you know, and then, you know, uh, three months went by and we've got a hundred people asking us, Hey guys, we, Honestly, we're beginners. Five cigars is too much. Can you provide a three cigar option? Like these cigars are going bad, and I'm like, hey, how how are they going bad? Just just get a humidor, or keep them in the pouches. But then, you know, I would see them breaking the pouch. So I'm like, all right, you know, let's set up a three cigar option, and yep. things kept developing. And then we have mystery packs, and now we have elite. And as we we're talking, um, 
our 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 designer Daniel is finishing up the the last touches on the new website, and then they're going to go to programming. And before the end of the month, um, we're going to have a new website. And I think this is when we finally fulfill the word dynamic. I want anybody from different parts of the world that hit the website that they land on my cigar pack to have an option. If you don't, if you're not, you know, related, if you don't find relatability, I think we're going to have to dig deeper, but it's, it's going to be really tough. We're going to have the cheap cigars. We're going to have the high end cigars. We're going to have the standard subscription. We're going to have options for milder um, smokers for stronger smokers, the factory directs, the three mm -hmm. cigars, the 10 cigars, the mystery packs, the elites, the, the, you know, we're, we're even going to have uh, a new feature that I haven't seen it before anywhere else. We're going to have brand subscriptions. So if you're married oh, to cool. a particular brand, um, we're going to have subscriptions for just that brand. Um, and then, uh, phase two of the new website is going to be implemented probably in January when and we're going to have a lot of, and if I can give you a hint is like pairing, um, elements yeah. that are not going to be necessarily within uh, every subscription, but they can have their own specialized segment. So what we want is to truly be as dynamic as we possibly can. That's meaning if you landed on our website, we want to have something for you. We want your business and we want to provide that value for you. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but we at least want to have it there for you. That's awesome. I, I like that. It's not, here's what we have and I hope you like it. It's, yeah. I mean, I, kind of that's, that's every business, but, but the, I mean, like you said at the, dynamic the d dynamism um that's important because it it's showing that you're not only confident about your product but you're trying to figure out how do we get customers engaged at at the level that they want to engage at um yeah what would you say about the subscription model because this has come up so many times over the years and i think every conversation i've heard about subscriptions like this people will say it's taking business away from brick and mortar um which it's like did not, I don't I don't think the volume lines up to it actually taking business away from brick and mortar because I've seen people get into cigars that they don't live near a shop or they don't have access yep. um, or there's cigars that their shop doesn't carry and they find yep. through subscriptions like yours especially if they're like I want this rare stuff or I want the newest stuff from foundation and I can't find it anywhere it's like there's so many ways to support a brand but how do you do that and support brick and mortar because I think that's a that's a cornerstone of the industry. So you know, I would argue empirically against yep. it, um, factually against it. There's 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 no grounds on that. That's just uh, very perception based, and and I can tell you why. There's there's many reasons. I mean, if you want to take the online macro perspective approach, mm -hmm. I do I do see you do have a point. Why? Because there's Essentially, for the last 20 years, there's been a race to the bottom in terms of pricing and, and having kind of very strict price protection structures within most brands, but then so hard to, to, to you know, to control, especially when you have monsters buying multi-million dollar, um, you know, amounts of product uh, out of your brand each year and just setting you up for life. Mm -hmm. But subscriptions specialized subscriptions and just subscriptions in general have such a low volume altogether. I mean, and people right. would be surprised if, if they knew how little of 
you know, how small of, 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 of the pie we actually have all together. Really. It's honestly, it doesn't, doesn't it, the pie of the cigar sales. Yes. In general. The, the, the cigar yeah. market in general, in general. Um, it's crazy how beneficial we've become to shop. And, and I'll, I'll just stand by this. There's no way that brands would support us if we weren't beneficial to their structure. Right. And, um, the, the amount of business that we drive to the retail structure, you're never going to replace that. Never, ever, ever, ever replace that. There's no, especially in a product that is a social lubricant, that's a social enhancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's very few people that smoke by themselves and I'm talking strictly by themselves. I'm not talking, you know, online and Hearst cause that's, that's a social interaction. That That's, yeah. that's the technology enabling us to, you know, get on a conversation, you know, you being in Wisconsin and me being Miami or you being in Canada, I have, I actually have a Hearst later, which is, I'm super excited about with the guys of in international cigar society. Um, you know, I love Canadian people and that's, this enables it but the retail front has has gained a lot from you know from and brick and mortar structure has gained a lot from what the specialized subscriptions have done you know we constantly drive uh people that have never tried cigars that try through us and you know we drive them consumers saying hey i got the cigar out of xyz i got it from my cigar pack do you carry it um you'd be surprised the amount of times that we've had retailers reach out to us for us to connect them with certain brands. And that's crazy because we typically don't work with super small brands. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You guys, you know, your, your list of brands you work with is impressive. It's it, the thing is, you know, I've always emphasized on the, like anybody can, can go and buy 5,000 cigars and slap a band. And it's, <laughs> it, it really takes a lot of work and validation and go into the shops and making sure you're, you're like, I won't, I won't place a brand in my cigar pack and any of the packs if you're not in the retail structure. That that's how friendly we are. Like right. we've been like able that. to grow our, our in-house platform, our in-house brands enough that brands reach out to us. And I say this humbly, not, not there's no arrogance in this. You know, brands reach out to us for us to develop things together, release them as an exclusive. Mm -hmm. or release it through our platform without necessarily being exclusive and then potentially seeing how that behaves so that they can enter it in the retail structure with, with all shops. And then yeah, we're launching a retailer program as well. That's something I've and, seen so many people who get into cigars just a little bit, they're dabbling around with buying them online then they find something they love and then they get into like, if anything, I've seen the retail or the online structure be an advertisement for retail. Exactly. And it drives people into so, shops and they know what they want so, to find. And that's, that's always exciting to watch. And, and it's interconnectivity, mm -hmm. education. There's so many fronts in, in, in the online, you know, funnel, let's call it that, that are, they're just trickling down to the retail front. I mean, one of the things we're going to do and, and, and it's sometimes you know, it's not enough for me to tell you, go, go on our videos on YouTube or whatever, and check out the way we pitch our products. Mm -hmm. I say, if you like the cigar and you go to a, a, only buy it from cigar yard, if you order online, and if you go to cigar yard, the discounts, the, the, the price 
benefits that you receive are affecting our margins, not the products. So you won't see a discount. If you go to Cigar Yard, and that's why brands want to work with us, and I'm, and it's going to take time. I said yeah. it from the get-go. We're not going to grow on the same speed as other people at discount product just because we're going to sell less. But at the end of the day, if a consumer realizes that they're buying a brand discounted off a catalog uh, website at $7 and the brand is MSRP is at 10 bucks and we're selling it at 950, but we're also giving you free shipping points. And then we have like member discounts. Yeah. If you're a My Cigar Pack member, you get discounts, stuff like that. At the end of the day, you're going to pay eight bucks. A dollar difference is not enough for you. Is not enough. It's not worth it enough for you to, it may be for you, but it's it's not going to be enough for brands to continue a long-term support when there's other players that are doing this. And right. I can name a few people that are inspiring. I mean, Small Batch, probably my biggest competitor in the, in the Cigar York front. Mm-hmm. I have so much love and so respect for them, the way that they do it. They're a big online retailer and you will not find a discount on their website. So when you find yeah. hubs like like that, and this is not for everybody. Obviously, there's 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 brands that believe in the discounting uh, platform. I mean, heck, I can name you one, Oliva, which is one of the best brands out there. They they firmly believe in you know having making sure that every single smoker in America has an Oliva cigar in their humidor, and it is tough to you know achieve that feat without a heavily. Uh, permitting discount structure because they That's don't really discount it. they just they permit it you know oliva rick's a good salesman <laughs> there you go um so it's 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 interesting and there's there's ways that we're going to continue you know backing our words and and with actions and and one of the things is we're almost finally ready to launch a retailer program and through which we will sell all the brands that we developed together. I mean, we were developing, launching um, one brand every two months, and now we've grown to release a brand every month. You know, we just released Matilde with um, Ella with Matilde, an exclusive for my cigar pack that Enrique actually reached out to us when we were together uh, blending one of the projects last year at Osos. And then next month we're doing Quantum uh, with Blackbird. January we're doing El, El Principio with La Isla. February, we're doing stuff with Phil Zongi from De Los Reyes. March, we're doing stuff with La Aurora. April, we're doing something with, finally doing something again with Hochi. We're doing a, a small... So what, what I want to do, I want to be able to not just say, okay, I'm placing it for the shops. I'm, right. I'm going to do it in a Keystone++ structure. And that's... I don't think anybody's done that before. And I say when that you're proudly. placing like, it in the shops, what does that mean? I'm selling wholesale to the shops okay. because we've already created a product that you can't find anywhere else. And, and the, the consumer has demonstrated that they want new things every day. Yep. And that's why brands are actually willing to do small runs of five and 10,000 cigars, which act, are actually small runs. If, mm-hmm. if you relate it to core lines or limited, even limited editions of nowadays are, you know, 30,000 cigars, which is crazy. Right. So, Brands are, are willing to do this because they know that this, that's going to draw them or keep either through relevancy and mm-hmm. that's going to draw attention. If, you know, if you're not moving your core lines that have the same bands for the last four years and you, you know, do something spicy, completely different out of your brand, that attracts uh, consumers. And that's something that we've 
kind of figure it out and the brands are figuring out by themselves. So if, you know, the retailers can, can actually see that, you know, we're using our platform to introduce them and have them have the bulk, the bulk of the margins. then maybe they'll start to see a little bit that we actually mean that we, we believe that, that we're beneficial to the retail structure. That's awesome. I, I like that. It's not, it doesn't stop at your online store, but it's how do we, how do we push it, push past that? Are, are, is there anybody else that's done a wholesale model like that? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Pravada's done the LCA. Luxury's done the, the retailer program. They, they, they have, uh, there are different people that have done it before. I just think everybody can do it their own way. You know, um, right. you know, uh, Pravada's done it with the, with the LCA, uh, in a, in a, in a unique way. They do a lot of runs. They do a, a mm-hmm. quote unquote, uh, stuff that's limited or created, which I'm not seeing it in a, in a sarcastic way. Uh, luxury have their like, uh, specialized program with their, I think it's like certified or golden retailer, something like that. Um, just pretty cool as well. I think the way that we're going to do it is a little bit different. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that, man. Very cool. I'm excited to see that. What's next for you? you so, I mean, you talked about a lot of it. You talked about the website and the retail. Um, are you, I know, I think, correct me if I got this wrong. You said you're creating some cigars. Are you blending? Yeah, man. I'd, it, it, it'd be crazy not to do it. Having the opportunity that I had the last 10 years. Right. Um, I, I, if I blended something it was because I was involved in the blending process, uh, one way or the other, if I, if, if I only participated in tweaking and giving my opinion and going back to the drawing board, I would never say I participated in the blend. Right. Um, I'm not, I'm not a blender. Uh, I, I know how to do it. I, I, have learned the basics, uh, the last you would figure being in a, working in a factory for four plus years and then essentially living, uh, on and off inside a factory for the last six after that, uh, you'd figured, you know, a little bit, you figured, you know, you know how to start if you want, mm-hmm. uh, an, an earthy or, or sweet or, or, you know, acidic, what, what, what do you look for? You know, uh, how do you blend certain Dominican tobaccos versus, you know, how much olor or, or how much Pennsylvania do you use? Um, there, there's a lot of factors, uh, but yeah, there's always going to be blending. The more time that passes by, probably the more, right. more, more time I will have to, to blend more stuff. I have blended a few of the things that, that we've released. Um, a lot of it I haven't, I've just participated. Mm-hmm. But what's next for us is just new revamps, um, launching my cigar pack, new website by the end of the month, cigar yard, new website will follow in December alongside another platform, uh, called cigar detective. That's going to be another sub brand. Um, you'll figure out soon enough what that is, but that is probably one of my favorite projects, uh, as of right now. Uh, and then we have three other projects that I want to have at least one of them running by January. So it's it, it big is very ambitious timeline. Um, I wear a lot of hats, man. Uh, we're, we're sub 10 people, man. We're, we're actually That's a pretty awesome. small team. Yeah. We're a very small team, but, um, as you can see, there's a little bit of an eye bag right here. Uh, that means I, I lack sleeping hours. Um, uh, I mean, at least I'm happy. Right. Very cool. Uh, how can people find you? Uh, simple, man. My cigar pack, if you type my cigar pack, 
you, you'll get a website on, on the, any search engine uh, website, Instagram, YouTube. I will say it's crazy that, you know, Instagram is playing with the algorithm and it has been for a little bit now. And I'm not a big social media guy. I haven't been since I deleted my social media platforms six years ago. Good not a you. big believer in, in, yeah, in a personal use. So I've kind of essentially have had to learn from scratch uh, when I launched my, and it's a ongoing thing. And like, I don't care about the likes and the engagement and all that, but it is a business tool. So you, mm-hmm. you know, I have it for I fun. It creates, um, we we're having that conversation this morning. I, it's tough because, like you said, Instagram and these platforms have turned off the algorithms, specifically in this industry. Um, but even past that, like like I'm a photographer outside of this, and yep. they just it's like, well, it's <laughs> it sucks if you focus on still photos, you get get to making videos, or else your account's just gonna freeze. Um, yeah, and so it's like is social media a tool to create more business or to validate and i think it's i think it's in the cigar industry it's validate yep no for sure to validate just another place where someone can go and be like okay this this is legitimate there's there's activity here there's there's something happening um but no you guys are you guys are doing great i love i love watching how this has grown and and changed over the years thanks bro i appreciate that i mean if if you would have to boldly say uh something somewhat accurate and, and kind of stand by it I would say that Instagram is by far the tool that yields the less ROI in relation to, and, and, and by I, I mean time, energy, and just overall creative effort. Yeah. That's the least um, yielding in, in terms of ROI. So by the amount of time that you spent on Instagram, it, it's, the returns are insanely low. It is a great validation tool, and I think we couldn't actually be here the way that we are without it. But it's changed so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they control everything. Just like you know, the whole YouTube thing that went on a couple months. That all cigar accounts yep. were like, "Oh, we're we're leaving," and I'm like, "Okay, more for me, more videos yep. now." Stick it out. It's it's a private company. I mean, you play the rules. You play by the rules. You you just gotta be smart about it. Right. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Um, we'll stay on the line for a second, but I will, uh, I will do what I can to spread the word about my cigar pack and send people your way and, and get people smoking good cigars. So dude, likewise, man, we, we got to keep talking, uh, some ideas that Absolutely. I have for potentially doing the same for ATF, man. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. Okay.